why do you come up with something every week for this? I mean, every week you astound me and you have something that's really, really interesting for our listeners on Irish Whiskey Review to engage with. And it never ceases to amaze me. You've talked about this before, but why is it so important? Well, Justin, first of all, there's a lot of stuff to come up with. And also, although we're the Irish Whiskey Review, uh, whiskey's whiskey's a global thing. I take it that it's all interlinked, so it's easy enough to come up with with certain things. Now, the topic I want to talk about tonight, the the Dublin Whiskey Fire, we have touched on it before in a previous episode of the show. That was but, the one about the fire. Fire when you were do the, doing the elements on YouTube, you can check that out. Yeah, yeah, but that was to do with fire. And that was in general how fire is involved in the whole whiskey scene. But this is, I want to talk specifically about one event, uh, which I mentioned in that, but I didn't go into huge detail on it. And that's the Great Dublin Whiskey Fire of 1875. So we're going to take you back in time, folks, to the 18th of June, 1875, to the Liberties era of Dublin City. Uh, and the Liberties area is quite a, an unusual name for an area, and that comes down to the landlords taking liberties with the people they rented the land to, doesn't it? Well, it does and it doesn't. What happened was that area was outside Dublin, uh, the wall of Dublin, you know, the defensive wall of Dublin. And because of it was outside, it was granted certain freedoms that you couldn't do inside the the city walls. You're only allowed to do outside. So even to this day, there's still there's certain things that the liberties are allowed to do that other places aren't. And that was really why whiskey distilling and stuff appeared in and around the, the liberties. And there, there was other things as well, certain freedoms from taxes, but then you didn't get the same services. Not that there was a huge amount of services anyway, but the Liberties has always been a little bit different than the rest of Dublin. Right. Uh, it's the sort of bohemian cosmopolitan area of Dublin now, isn't it? Well, it would be really... Uh, it's been gentrified, it's been gentrified, let's yeah. face it. Well, to a degree, yeah, but the whole of Dublin's been gentrified. The whole place is totally transformed. Uh, I mean, there's massive new buildings. Google's new offices is down in there. You know, it's a, I mean, it's the whole city's totally changed. But anyone who's not sure where the liberties are, uh, the the area that I'm talking about tonight is literally five minutes walk from the Teeling Distillery and the Dublin Dublin Liberties Distillery which is built there. Okay, yeah. so pe- pe- people that have visited Dublin might be familiar with that. Hopefully they'll get to Hopefully. visit Dublin later on this year as well. Possibly, potentially, we hope so. We hope so. Now, when I'm doing tours of, of Dublin, uh, and even Belfast, depending on the circumstances, I talk about the Great Dublin Whiskey Fire of 1875, in which 13 people perished. Well, that's quite a, that's quite a number of people for, from you know, to die in a fire. I mean, were they, were they all in one building? Were they all in the one place? No, they were all drinking. They were all killed by uh, intoxication. Now, You're joking. <laughs> no, there wasn't any. There wasn't anyone killed by the fire or smoke inhalation. They all died of alcohol poisoning. Because <gasps> now, sorry to laugh, folks. If you've got relatives that died in the 18th of June in 1875 in the, the Dublin Whiskey Fire, but they didn't die of, of burns. No. 
Right, I'll, I'll talk you through what actually happened, okay? Now, whiskey, as I'm sure you're well aware, is, is flammable. Um, it's got a very low ignition temperature, and especially when it's at cask strength. Most whiskies are cast 60% plus, uh, so it's very, very flammable. They're stored in wooden casks. It's very easy for them to catch fire. Now, this was Malone's Bondit Warehouse. Now, to get, it's in the, the Liberties area, but it really occupied a, a square uh, of Cork Street, RD Street, Chamber Street and Ormond Street. That was that was the address was given as Chambers Street, but it was it occupied that whole area. And at four forty-five in the uh, in the evening, it was checked and inspected by an excise man, and everything was found to be okay. But by eight o'clock that night, and it was on fire. And as you can imagine, now this is summertime, so the evenings are quite long. So it, there was, you know, there's sunlight. It was still bright. Accidental this fire, Marty, or or deliberate? I mean, it, there was no, no there was no electric then, so it can't be electrical fault. Uh, well, there, there was open fires, but if it's in summer, there's not going to be an open fire, is there? Well, one of the things is there was a malt house beside it, and some sources say that it was started. The fire actually started in the malt house. Now you imagine, back then. You, you're malting barley, or you're, you can be malting uh, other things as well, but you have to dry them, so there may have been a fire there and carried across. Who knows? That In the official report, it doesn't say that it was started by the malt, the malt house, but it may have been, may just have been someone carelessly throwing a cigarette down and something smouldering and then catching. Who knows? Uh, but the warehouse contained at least... 5,000 punchins of, of whiskey. Now, a punchins, a a punchins per, are a, around 300 litres. So it's a pretty big barrel. It's a pretty big barrel, and there's 5,000 of them, so that equates to about 1.5 million litres of whiskey. Or fl- we'll just say flammable liquid, which is what it is. Okay, yeah. So, the fire's noticed, and the, the fire brigade at the time was not the, not the way it is now lots of the insurance companies had their own fire brigades then the, the, the Church of Ireland also provided fire relief but the, the main fire brigade was headed by a man called James Ingram now James Ingram was born in Ireland but had immigrated over to the US over to New York where he served in the fire brigade over there he then came back again to Dublin and joined the fire brigade. Now, being a fireman at the time wasn't the greatest job in the world. But but if he was trained in New York, he maybe knew what he was doing. He did know what he was doing. He was a, he was a very capable and able man. And this this night in particular really uh, serves to to demonstrate just how quick he was on th- thinking on his feet. But because one of the jobs that fire men had to do was stand out and and go and inspect buildings or walk around looking for fires because obviously there's no 
alarm system, you know, there's no electronic alarm systems or smoke detectors. So these guys basically had to go out in all weathers looking for, for fires. And then if they found one, run back, alert people and get it all on and try and rescue what was going on. So it became really, it was a steady income, but wouldn't have been f fabulous working conditions. Let's be honest, the weather in Ireland's not great. So you're out in snow, sleet, hail, rain. Um, so it was hard for him to maintain the level of of people doing the job that they should have had. But they did have a sort of early, early days, early warning system. A lot of earlies there, but they did have a warning system in place, sort of, didn't they? They they kind of did. They had they had various alert systems and ways of getting people to Oink, 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 oink. Well, the thing about it was the liberties really in, in lots of streets at the time you would have had pigs walking about and they acted they acted as a number of different things <laughs> people used to throw you know the the vegetables whenever you the potato peelings and so on just throw them out into the street pigs came along and ate them piggy munchy 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 then when the pigs fat enough slaughter 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 <laughs> you munchy 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 so right right as you can imagine there was there's there's horses running about at the time. There's, you know, the, the horses, carts, and the pigs, and so on and so forth. So you have all of these. It's not the most hygienic places in the world, cities at the time. But to give you an idea of what he was working with, in his 1875 report, Ingram states that the strength of his brigade was one chief officer, three other officers. 11 first class firemen, 4 second class firemen, 1 third class firemen and 5 fourth class firemen. That's that's his fire brigade. Now they had plenty of equipment. You know, they had two steam fire engines. You know, they had uh stand standpipes they could use from uh, the the water was coming from the Varty River. So they were able to they had high pressure, they had plenty of water and so on, but it was there wasn't enough people really manning the stuff. Okay, went, but every everybody managed to get surprisingly rapidly evacuated. I mean, it it, it didn't come to the end that the, the daughters of charity convent and the coom woman's and infants uh, university hospital uh, they survived. Maybe maybe because they prayed. Well, what happened? What happened was when the whiskey whiskey fires were were common. They were, were very common. Uh, normally what happened was when the fire was noticed, they broke barrels. They would have broke the barrels to empty the stuff out so that they could disgorge it before it caught fire. Okay, before is this like chopping down trees in a forest fire to exactly cause a fire break? There's no fuel Absolutely. contained in the barrels. Very smart. I wouldn't have thought of it that is. myself. Yeah, yeah. Now, when Ingram and the men arrived on the scene, there was rivers of whiskey burning and it burns whiskey alcohol burns with a blue flame so you had these sort of ethereal runnings of, of whiskey coming down with this flame coming off them that looks really really sort of spooky now that's running down one of the things that happened was it was flowing into the sewers now when it flows into the sewers what's in sewers you have gas wow so you're getting bang pops boom. you know 
Now that's that's you're now running into maybe the sewers catching fire and that spreading along that. Did Dublin have gas then in 1875? Did it? No. Um, I'm not sure whether the Liberties would have had gas, but they would have had gas in certain parts of the the city. Whether or not that was going to be a factor, I'm not 100% sure. So Ingram realised if you hit the whiskey with water, what happens is whiskey and water don't really mix. Okay. What happens then? You create more volume and it spreads further. (sighs) Yeah. So you can't really put water on it. So he has, a, he has a small team, he has plenty of water, but it's no use to him. Now the first thing he does is say to the guys, start digging up the, the road, start digging up the pavement. And his idea for that was, if the whiskey runs down, seeps into the ground... It goes out, the, it goes, it out. goes out. Yes, right. So okay. he tried to do that, and it didn't work. The whiskey just kept flowing and it kept burning. Well, so, obviously, if you have five thousand barrels of the stuff, it's going to fill up the the ditch <laughs> and flow on over, isn't it? Well, I think even it draining down, it wasn't draining quick enough. Right, he couldn't get it done quick enough. Now it's flowing down towards buildings. It's flowing down. It's actually making contact with some buildings, which are starting to catch fire. Now, by this stage, you start having another problem. People, the the the. What is it we call them? Rubberneckers. You know, the people who, oh, what's going on over here? Let's have a little look. And down they come. I, I have to laugh at rubberneckers. You know, when we have rubbernecking here, everybody slows down on the other side of the road to watch. Mm-hmm. But yep. but in Germany, they have a sign up, no rubbernecking, and you have to go faster than our speed limit past the accident. <laughs> it's the opposite of over here. You know, but anyway, that, that always does my head in that. But anyway. <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> so... By this stage, you start here. People are starting to come round, starting to come down. Look at what's going on. I mean, this is this is in the days before TV and getting a hundred and twenty pound a month Sky packages. But and just people wanted to go and see what was going on then, people didn't they? Wanted to go and see what was going on. Now remember, you have pigs in the in the streets. You Crackling. Also have, <laughs> I, know, I see. See, whenever I was doing a little bit of preparation for this, I thought to myself, whenever I mention pigs and fire. Justin's bounty mentioned bacon, ham, pork, or crackling. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew it. I, knew it. I can read you like a book. Uh, all right, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Okay. So these animals, plus you also have stabled horses and stuff. Now they they start. Some of these get hit with some fire. They start running through the streets. There's mayhem starting to go on. Now the people who have come down, they think to themselves. Ooh, this is free booze. Mm. You're winding me up. You're, you're no. winding me up. No, 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 no. Now, I've read that the the origin of the phrase "fill your boots" comes from uh, sailors and pirates and this kind of thing raiding and other boats and other ships and taking their boots off and filling their boots with stuff. I I'm not so sure. I think "fill your boots" comes from these fires because back then people ran out with mugs with pots and pans but they also put their hands down scooped it up in their hands and drank it if it was obviously wasn't on fire and then they took off their hats their boots anything and they were i mean you imagine filling your boots with with whiskey you can fit an awful lot of whiskey in a boot so 
people started drinking it. Now, by this stage, there was 150 police officers coming down from the Dublin Metropolitan Police. Did they all have their shoes on? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I think one of those big hats that they used to wear, I would say you get a fair amount in that. Too. Oh, yeah, you'd get five litres in it, I would say. Ah, yeah, no yeah, problem at all. Yeah, yeah. Now, when they came down, the first thing that they were doing was crowd control. By this stage, thousands of people were coming down to watch this. Now, again, people without any other form of entertainment, are that's obviously they're going to come down. But then you have the problem of the people drinking it. And very quickly, remember this is cask strength stuff. This is heavy duty stuff. 64% plus maybe? It could possibly be. It depends on how old it is. But we'll just say that it's 60% for easy counting. Okay, yeah. And people are drinking this straight. Now, it doesn't take an awful lot of 60% alcohol before you get very inebriated. Now, they're trying to evacuate people. In fact, there was a corpse laid out in a wake. And anyone who's not from, from Ireland, if you don't know what a wake is, it's where you lay out a dead body at home or in maybe possibly a funeral parlour and you basically check to make sure they're dead. It's an old Irish tradition where the body comes home and people have a wake where they sit around and have a drink and so on. Now the body is there and they they actually lift the body and carry it away away to safety. Okay. Now, all of these people are starting to get lots of people are starting to get drunk. Okay. They have stories of people again filling their boots, filling pots and pans, but one bunch of guys discovered a full barrel. Total barrel. Probably it came there because Are you sure the peelers weren't trying to roll that one away? <laughs> well <laughs> I think I think they would have had a fight on their hands because at one point some of it some of the stock that had been moved or some of the stock that had been taken away there was crowds of people trying to get at it. So actually some of the, the, the guards had to fix bayonets and threatened to actually stick them with a bayonet or shoot them because there were people trying to steal some stuff. Now, you have all of this confusion. The guys with the full barrel, it's reckoned that it probably came out because some of the barrels were exploding and it got ejected out. Now, when the barrel appeared, somebody got a gimlet. Somebody, somebody was able to screw it open and they were drinking from it, drinking from it, and people were seen actually lying in below and letting the, the alcohol, the, the whiskey, run straight into their mouth. Now you have animals running about squealing. You have children crying being moved about. You have people trying to fight with the police to get at this whiskey. You have people drunk. You have flames everywhere. You, you can just imagine the scenes of this. This utter chaos. And, and this sounds like it was quoted as fake news at the time because the Lord Mayor of Dublin uh, Peter uh, Paul McSweeney said the time given for escape in some places during the progress of the fire was so short I was apprehensive that some people should be left in danger in the garrets and cellars of the districts but on inquiry I was happy to learn that no life was lost during the great conflagration well no life was lost during the great conflagration because everybody was was dealt with expertly <laughs> and Ingram using his initiative and quick thinking what he did was 
he sent out for people to get the ashes, the manure and the tan. Okay? Now ashes was the ash pits at the back of people's houses and, and other buildings. Now that was from when we you read out the fire. You open fires, the, open fires, yes, yes. You take the fires out the ashes out of the grate and throw them in the back garden. But what else were they used for, Justin? You didn't have flushing toilets and lots of very good sewage at the time. Oh. So what people used to do was they had these big ash pits and their chamber pots got thrown on top of that. So it was full of, well, you can imagine... But hold on, dried out poo is actually a, a fuel in some countries as well. Yeah. What in Ireland outside ever gets dry? Well, not really. It's <laughs> sop and wet. No, I forgot about that. But if you put it into hot ashes, it would... Uh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. so basically this this is a, a very dense sort of packed material. Manure in the cities you have pigs, dogs and, and horses all over the place. There's lots of manure. It's a massive problem. Okay. So he calls for that. Now tanning. There was lots of tanneries about the place. In fact where the Dublin uh, Liberties Distillery is that's on the site of a tannery. Have we added? Have we added the animals walking around for special effect in this podcast, or, or is is that the wee dog? That's that's my my wee dog that I'm looking after, dandering about round, and I hope he doesn't try and put out any fires. Okay, Just, he may yeah. be looking out in a minute, but he, he can hold on <laughs> and cross his legs. No, so Ingram knew that this stuff, probably because it's fairly high moisture content, but it's also quite absorbent. Start packing that up, and you can direct it and absorb the flames and it worked wow but it, it but it took it took the guts of five six hours to have any effect but it did it took a period of time but he he was able to control the fire suppress the flames and basically bring it all under control very quickly and that's probably where the the idea of the fake news came from the fact that you know that oh, it wasn't that big a fire because he dealt with it so professionally and quickly <laughs> you know, it's 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 one of these things. People get lambasted when things go wrong, but whenever they save lots of money, lives, and buildings, and so on and so forth, uh, well, it wasn't that big a deal anyway. Well, it could very easily have been a massive deal. Okay, but all the deaths occurred afterwards. Twenty-four people hospitalised. Yes. Now, the thing is, it's down as being lots of people died. 13 people died and they all, it was all alcohol poisoning yes but it's, it's hard to know just how many people suffered after effects because if they're drinking alcohol off the street which is mixing with the oh. we say, nefarious products that's already on the street there's plenty of people may have died of, of some other ailment that they picked up from drinking this stuff now who knows? I dread that, the th- I dread the think. Uh, exactly. I mean, the, the idea of people getting gastroenteritis and dysentery, or uh, you know, there's all manner of illnesses that they could have picked up. So it might be hard to know just how many people died. But the 13 who died of alcohol poisoning, they were really taken to the hospital. Some of them were trying to fight with the people who were taking them to the hospital. Some were found and just left. To sleep it off and then found they have taken it later on and, and taken to hospital and died uh, Matthew Healy was one of the guys who was seen drinking with his head under the barrel 
he was 26 years old married with two children and well maybe he needed a drink (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm going to say he didn't need it that much he he was put dragged away and put in the corner of a yard and he was left to sleep it off but he was there all night and then he was taken round and he was he was just I mean he passed away I mean, he, he wasn't lucky he, he wasn't lucky they didn't have stomach pumps then if you if you overdid it you, you overdid it well I think there was probably too far gone there was the youngest then, it might have been the alcohol as you said it could have been something else yeah well I think these are fairly certain because the alcohol would have hit them very very quickly the the, the after effects stuff that other diseases could have happened and you know you could have been sick for a few weeks with something else and died and it would never have been attributed to the fire you know so it's hard to know it's hard to know but if people if people were filling saucepans and buckets and pots and pans they could have taken it home drunk moderately from it you know watered it down and drunk it over a period of weeks and you know a week later you pick up a, a bacterial infection and pass on who knows my advice is if you ever see whiskey running down the middle of a street six inches drink. deep <laughs> <laughs> don't drink it uh, and these days it might be a safer option than it was back then but as a rule of thumb take it out of a bottle it's a much much better idea the, uh, the, absolutely the youngest but, of these victims was 18 but, he was only 18 years of age you know? but but that's that's why people did drink alcohol back in the day because it was safer than drinking the actual water at the time certainly beer was beer Beer is well by the nature of how it's produced. It's it's a sterile thing. Alcohol, or whiskey, sorry, again, it is. But when you're drinking it at by the cupful and it's sixty some percent, you have another issue to deal with very very quickly, and it's a bit more immediate. And that's why, if you're ever drinking cask strength whiskies, drink them in moderation because I have suffered this myself. And not trying to pontificate to anybody but 60 percent and above 50 percent above etc if you start treating it like it's 40 percent it can very quickly become wow and you you can get drunk very quick very quick and these guys were drinking it by the cupful absolutely there you go folks don't take liberties the dublin whiskey fire the 18th of june 1875 as told by whiskey guru himself uh, marty mccauley of irish whiskey review uh marty how do you come up with these stories i do not know you've well, got you've got another great story this weekend as well well i have we have lots of decent stories this weekend we're going to try talking about uh auctions and stuff um and what's been going on we're trying to get some uh, guests on we're talking to people but the, the whole fire fires fires at whiskey distilleries are extremely common Bush Mills was destroyed in 1885 the Watts distillery down in Derry 1894 another one in 1915 and the same kind of thing happened there was whiskey running down the streets they are were extremely common extremely common um did people take a drink from the sewers and the water and the shocks then, or, or or did the did the wise up, or did the police and the fire brigade manage to keep them away from it? Well, it was said that the nineteen fifteen one in in the Watts Distillery that there was people drinking it for years afterwards. They were filling mop buckets. They were filling <laughs> everything. Maybe they learned not to drink it straight from the street, and maybe it was a, maybe by that stage things were slightly more hygienic than they would have been, you know, 
40 years before you know great yarn thanks a lot marty uh speak to you again saturday night 10 p.m facebook and youtube irish whiskey review uh support us at buymeacoffee.com slash irish whiskey and we're on instagram as well irish whiskey review just google us and you'll find us cheerio marty catch you again cheerio justin talk soon <laughs>